Welcome to Art Heroes with JPH, where we believe art heals, connects, and galvanizes. I'm your host, Joanna Patrice Haggerty. On this show, I am honored to have some of the nation's most innovative leaders, artists, and creative business owners to share their unique and valuable experiences, processes, practical tips, and inspirations. Today with me is Simon Pellet, who grew up in South of England, spending his teenage years becoming engrossed in art and music and learning to play the guitar. At 20, he met a girl and left the UK, moving north of Boston in the United States, and over the years contributed to several different musical projects while working on his career as a graphic artist. From his early teens, he suffered from anxiety and depression, which caused crippling self-doubt virtually halting any confidence to join bands or to play in public for fear of ridicule and not being good enough. It wasn't until a childhood friend turned him on to motivational and leadership authors and speakers such as Tony Robbins that he began to work on overcoming his fears and seeking to improve himself in all aspects of life. After working with various musicians in New England, Simon joined a band that opened for national to- nationally touring acts, won a battle of the bands, and was interviewed on radio. The band ran its course, but the relationships in the scene and the experience were invaluable. With the entrepreneurial and mindset knowledge gained from constantly seeking new books and podcasts, coupled with seeing firsthand the stumbling blocks that bands run into when trying to build a career in music, he launched a podcast called Music on Your Own Terms. This podcast aims to help musicians develop an entrepreneurial mindset, overcome the same self-doubt, anxiety, and depression, and to build a community of musicians that work together to improve the scene with a mantra, a rising tide lifts all ships. Simon is currently based in Texas, and along with the podcast, he works professionally as a graphic artist for a screen printing company, producing merch for various bands. During his spare time, he writes his own music, works with other musicians recording guitar and bass, helps to promote his friends' bands, as well as teaching guitar and bass. I brought Simon on today to talk about all things music, entrepreneurialism, and mental health. But first, Simon, thanks so much for joining us today. Yeah, thank you for having me. And uh, can I ask you if uh, the the potpourri is still as fragrant as the last time we spoke? <laughs> You are always such a trip. Well, I think it's important to unpack how people, how we even know each other, because we've never actually met in person. We are one of those Instagram social media friends, and I've actually been so privileged to be on your podcast, Music on Your Own Terms, several times, and we were just talking about how long ago it was that I was there first. It's probably been at least three or four years, which is really exciting to think about. So I want to just kind of start a little bit with what was life as a young person for you? You talk a little bit about bouncing between creativity and struggling with anxiety, depression. Can we just unpack that a little bit for listeners and, and the people here today? That is such an important topic and it's pretty much what has led you to the career you now have. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, I mean, school was difficult for me. I, I de- definitely, in, especially high school, um, you know, I was bullied quite a bit, but I think a lot of, there, there was obviously the, the, the bullies that, uh, you know, that's that's what they do. Um, you know, there, but there was a lot of ribbing, and I took that to heart because I was struggling with my mental health, and the 90s, you know, early 90s in England and before, you know, it's stiff upper lip. You don't really talk about that. And, and there was no, 
um, no real uh, way of dealing with mental health for me, and I didn't know what that even was. So it was just me being very disheartened with life, I guess. Um, but my, you know, my maternal grandfather was an artist, a painter, uh, photographer. He did a lot of calligraphy. Um, there's there's even a picture from I'm guessing the 50s where he has a uh, a concertina camera in a mirror. So he took a really early selfie. Wow, uh, which is really cool. <laughs> I got a ton of his paintings and trendsetters. Yeah, exactly, sketches and things like that. And he was also a musician as a hobby. He p- played piano. Um, you know, he was into chamber music. Um, avid gardener as well, which is something I've gotten into recently. Mm. Um, you know, my my dad was professionally a mechanical design engineer, so I think my DNA has both sides of the, you know, the left and the right brain, which feed into each other really well. Um, my mom was a teacher before she retired, or, or you know, um, she worked with all the all the. Uh, the learning difficulties and the dis- mm. uh, disabilities. So she was, uh, you know, that I saw that side of the compassion and things, you know, they're both retired now, but um, that's what they did. And I think uh, a lot of that, I see a lot of that DNA. There was a lot of creative stuff that came naturally to me. Um, but, you know, mental health being what it was, I never really took I think my parents just let me get on with whatever, but they were they were supportive in you know guitar lessons, and and they they uh, encouraged me to play guitar and got me a four track recorder and a you know these these tools that I could have used, and you know I wish they'd kind of pushed me a little bit to to follow. I, there was an idea I'd go to London to one of the guitar um, the guitar institute in London, I think it was called, you know, to do that professionally, but I just kind of fell into whatever. Um, did some programming in college, which I will never do again. I mean, I can <laughs> work my way around HTML, but I, I'm bored, you know, blankless uh, doing coding. <laughs> so, um, did websites, you know, got but I got into graphics really early. Like my dad had Coral Draw, like a really early version of Coral Draw, and I was messing around with that and. You know, I broke my wrist at like 12 years old and I did all my homework on this graphic design thing. And the, and the teachers were like, oh, wow, this is so cool. Mm. Um, so and, and then I got into the printing company uh, that was across the street just just because I needed a full time job after school. And um, I ended up starting to get into Photoshop really, really early on. So we're talking uh version five in, in the mid nineties. And I've, I've basically used Photoshop ever since. So, um, you know, Photoshop is one of those things that, uh, it's just been central to what I've been doing. Um, like, you know, like my bio said, moved over here, um, mainly because, you know, I, I lacked connection with people, I guess, because I, I really, I was a loner. I really was in my room, had trouble uh, being social and, the internet was in its infancy and I started talking to people online. It was a good uh, barrier that kept me kind of secure, but I could still reach out and talk to people without being a face, if that makes sense. Oh, absolutely. And then, you know, I, I met my wife through music because uh, someone she um, she worked with in the corporate office in California 
her husband had like a video magazine interview thing with bands and I talked to her and we were talking bands and then she said, Oh, you know, I have this person I work with, you know, maybe you, you, you two seem like you'd be, um, you know, friends or, or, you know, blah, blah, blah. And next thing you know, a year <laughs> later, I'm, I'm, I'm moving to Boston and, uh, well, yeah. Simon, to me, it's so fascinating because I feel like that there's these really big themes that came out from early age, right? Like you've mentioned oh, yeah. in your bio, like you're mentioning here, creativity and those parts. But this other sort of more type A, more business mind, more engineering, how do things work and come together? Yeah. And I just love that you and I relate on those pieces because a lot of creatives really lead with their creativity, which again, you and I can't do too many, you know, traditional things because it's not creative enough, but there is this part of us that sees the framework. So I'm, I'm curious for you, how did you start to a identify what mental health even was? Where did that show up? Because like you said, that didn't really exist. There wasn't conversation and topics for that. And then how did you decide to segue that into this podcast that's discussing music business and mental health? For sure. Um, I I mean, the first inkling of of what mental health was, was just, I guess it just creeped up on me again. Um, I mean, going through depression and, and having some really low points, and realizing, hey, you know what? I, 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 I'm lying in bed and I can't, I don't even, I'm calling out sick to my second job because I'm, I'm so, like, my stomach is in, in knots. Mm-hmm. Um, just like, all right, it's time to go see someone. And obviously, being from England, stiff up a lip, that kind of thing. <laughs> it was always. And you know, too, it, Simon, the, the conversation of the physical yeah. symptoms to mental health isn't talked about a lot. So I love that you can voice that. And sometimes burnout syndrome, these other things are really predicating on underlying mental health conditions that should be okay to talk about, right? <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, that's part of what my podcast is, is, is having that platform to, to reduce the stigma. Um, but, you know, I, and, you know, I got, I, I saw, a, a, saw my first counselor who ended up not working out, which is a big learning thing. It's like, it's a relationship. You have to find someone that works. Yes. For you. Yes. And, everybody you know, listen to that one. <laughs> it's yeah, like a so band, it's like a relationship. Your therapist is a relationship. Yeah. Everybody well, close to you. Yeah. But <laughs> eventually it started to, to improve. And then my lifelong friend from high school, Alan, who's been on my podcast a couple of times, you know, he's, he's, he, he, um, you know, we were, he was, he was visiting with his wife and we were talking about what he's up to and he's, you know, into property and entrepreneurialism. And, um, you know, he, he's like, well, try, try this, try that. This book, Tony Robbins came up, um, you know, it just, it was a worm, uh, a, not a wormhole, uh, a rabbit hole um, <laughs> of stuff. Like I discovered podcasts and at that in Boston, I, I had an hour commute each way. So I ended up doing, you know, two plus hours of podcast listening each day. And, and I consumed a ton and, and just like, it, it's, it's not, it, it's like not active learning where you're just listening to it, but you get these concepts and they, they kind of, materialize themselves in your head and then you're like you wake up the next day I'm like oh yeah so mm. I guess that you know I'd heard one podcast saying just say yes and 
um, you know, there's a there's there's the dichotomy of of just saying yes to everything and then saying yeah hell yes or no because you're you're gonna burn yourself out. So there's like a thin line between those two things. But mm. at that time, it was like, well, I can't I can't join this band because I'm not good enough. And then I have to practice more. But then you know, it's that whole whole I'm not good enough thing. But then eventually, I just found a couple of musicians and started jamming with them. And that ended up not being a live thing. It just like having fun in the basement. But then I found another set of musicians that were looking for someone to replace their guitar player. And that ended up being the band I was in in New Hampshire. And obviously at the same time, I was, I was learning all this entrepreneur self-help stuff. And then the band ended and I'm like, well, I got a lot of pushback and I would see a lot of people saying we can't make money because of streaming or because of this, that, and the other. I'm mm -hmm. like, that's the wrong way to look at it. And, you know, it's not a growth mindset, right? right. And, and my friend Ellen, you know, said, you, you don't, it, instead of saying, you know, uh, I can't say, how can I? Right? I kind of butchered that. It's like, no, I think you hit you, it perfectly. You just, you, just yeah. to, you just have to flip how you ask a certain question and ask better questions. Yes. And then find out, well, if I can't do this, why can't I? And like, what's the method of, either doing the thing or how to do get to get to point a to point b in a different manner like do i have to necessarily do it this way can i achieve the same goal that way right and, that, and that's kind of the premise of the of the podcast is like trying to find these uh you know entrepreneurial thoughts and and ideas and and apply them to the music business and then the, the mental health aspect was just, you know what, I need to talk about it because I think me having an experience can help other people not feel alone because throughout my 20s, you know, I felt like I was the only one going through it. And so I think having that conversation, like on a public platform was was beneficial for other people. But I mean, even selfishly, it was talking about it meant that it was off my shoulders it's like putting it out into the open and i'm i'm feeling a hundred percent better every time i talk about this stuff because now i don't have it's like it's i i liken it to comedians coming on stage and saying the 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 elephant in the room like that guy's got big glasses or his name is such and such or he has red hair they always put that joke up front so that people can't heckle them about it and it takes the it kind of mm -hmm. takes the um the ammunition away from the audience and you kind of own that so if i'm saying that stuff like before i'd be sitting in my cubicle at work and i'd be afraid that anyone's going to find out i'm going through all this stuff as soon as it comes out on a plat public platform it's out there and it's like oh that's so freeing like, <laughs> it's out there and i can talk about it and it's like i don't care who knows about it because i've already announced it on a public platform and you can find others that you can learn from and learn with and grow together like you say right you're here to share information you're here to share advice and so i really want to talk a little bit about the idea of what you just said with musicians specifically but this is something all artists all creatives and entrepreneurs quite frankly we all get in this are we good enough? Are we worthy? The limiting beliefs, the the imposter syndrome, those sides of things. But 
we also then have to look. Art has always been consumed by humans. Like from early days, we can literally chart that back to hieroglyphics on the walls. Mm -hmm. So we know it exists. We know that it has been a piece of value in our society. And so again, what you were saying was instead of saying, gosh, the streaming industry stinks, which it can absolutely super valid. Okay, let's talk about the high end people who are taking a lot of percentage from music, or the people who pay really little for gigs, like you can always find the challenges in the areas. But if you're focusing on that, you're not going to be able to see where the real opportunities are. So I'm curious in your how many years of this podcast remind me when did you start this again? Um, so I started interviewing people before I moved to Texas. So I think actually the first, the first interview I did was on my birthday in 2018 in April. Wow. And then we moved and then I did all the pre-production work and I launched it at the end of 2018. So let's talk a little bit about what are some of the things that you have heard, right? For, for these arguments people bring to the table that I can't do this, I can't do that. What are the converse? What are the conversations you've had that can ignite and expire some of these creative musicians that are listening today? <laughs> well, I think, first of all, if you are that bothered about the, um, the I can't because of, you know, this, this piece of legislation, you know, the, the radio industry, uh, you know, laws regarding royalties is, is from the twenties and thirties, I think. Yeah. So like, if you're that amped up about it, then start doing the, the groundwork in, and lobbying and stuff that people, people are doing that for sure. I've got friends that have gone to these uh, local government and, and national government to actually change these laws. But that's that aside, um, you know, there's, there's, I think now, Every industry across the board, it, it's very important to diversify your income. Mm. Um, you know, you, we're, we're, we're definitely losing the, the, uh, the uh, lifelong jobs with, the, with the, uh, the pension and, you know, you only have that job. Like, those are going away. Um, so regardless of what industry you're in, I think you need more diversified sources of income. Uh, it's just that the arts are generally underpaid <laughs> so you know that because people want stuff for free they they think that the music is free because it's on streaming services and it's like well you can't find fight the entire industry i mean maybe that's your mission but if that's the case then change your mindset to the music on a streaming service is like your calling card it's your business card mm -hmm. you know it, it's all about relationships with your audience and build build an audience and um, I think Kevin Kelly, who was a who, who's a writer or created a magazine, his business model is the Thousand True Fans, where if you can make a hundred dollars a year from a thousand people, you've made a hundred thousand dollars. Absolutely. And you know that I mean, it, obviously the math has to work out for you, but if you think of a couple of T-shirts and a vinyl record is about a hundred dollars, maybe mm -hmm. depending on how you price it. And you got a thousand people that are willing to spend that. That's a livable wage. Yeah. There's expenses, and you know, it's that's that's a very simplified version of it. Absolutely, but, right. Know, if if you can if you can do that, but then also you have like the the I I describe it as the retail version of music, which is the fans streaming albums, singles, merch versus the uh, back-end kind of royalties version, um, 
there's there's basically two two industries and the and the royalties version of it is is not really the music business because it's the film industry it's mm. it's video games and and being able to and it's sync licensing so if you can um get into sync licensing i think it's a little less it's more work i would say but it's, it's less... a longer game yeah and I, yeah. I hate to even have to interrupt because we're gonna have to wrap it up right. but i just want this is a taste of what you guys are going to get by going and listening to these episodes of music on your own terms podcast and so let's just leave it there and why don't you tell sure. people how can they go and hear more about these conversations and dive in because i'm sure some of my audience are really interested in this yeah, for sure. So um, any streaming platform, um, I'm always looking for new ones. Um, it's Music on Your Own Terms. There's 150 episodes, I think. Mm-hmm. And I'm about to launching. We didn't even get to this year, last year that I took a break. But yeah, about to launch some new episodes this year. Um, and But you can go to musiconyourownterms.com. Uh, primarily on Instagram, Music on Your Own Terms. Um, it's pretty easy to find me. Uh, the one thing, if you if you Google my name, Simon Pellet, make sure you put the C in because there's a there's a Simon Pellet in England that got caught for uh, drug smuggling and gun running. <laughs> you know, Come on, we don't want to ruin your well. your creative music persona, Simon. Jeez. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, and I, you're right. There's so much we didn't get to unpack, but this is why my episodes are short. They get people excited and hungry to learn more. And guess what? I might have to have you back. So thank you so much for being here today. And as always, this is Art Heroes with JPH, where we share tips and tools of our community's most innovative entrepreneurs, artists, and creative business owners. Thank you so much for tuning in, and please connect by visiting bizradio.us or arthero.biz. We'd love to hear your show suggestions or any questions you may have. And as always, stay creative. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you just heard, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and be sure to visit bizradio.us to find hundreds of other engaging conversations, local events, and more.